everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service, you're in complete control of your own podcast, you can run it from your own website, and it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Today, my guest comes to us from Canada, an awesome country with great writers and great TV shows, and the author of the crime novel, Second Story Work, one of those authors from Canada. It's my pleasure to introduce my guest for this week, Josh Sobolski. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Great. Excellent. Good. I, I like your arrangement of posters back there. Very cool. Oh, thank you. I have the poster for the book right there. And then uh, a couple of my favorite movies, Back to the Future and Fight Club. Excellent. Two excellent choices, I got to say, for movies, for sure. <laughs> nice <laughs> poster of the book, too. Thank you. Um, so uh, tell us about the novel. Uh, this is your first novel. Uh, what's the book about? Yeah, so Second Story Works, uh, as you mentioned, it's my first novel. It's uh, about four friends who graduate from college in 2000 and, well, the end of 2007. Uh, and they move to Vancouver, British Columbia, which is on the other side of Canada from me, uh, to start their careers in the film industry. Um, and if you remember anything about 2008, the entire economy tanked in 2008. Uh, so in the book, the characters can't get work. Basically, they move out to Vancouver. They're unable to get work. They can't pay their bills. Uh, so at one point, they're presented with an opportunity to commit a crime that basically uh, allows them to pay their bills and stay in Vancouver for a while. So they end up doing so. Uh, and from there, they basically blow through their money rather quickly. And then they're in the same position where they no longer have money to pay their bills. So once again, they turn to crime and it creates a snowball effect that carries you throughout the novel. Uh, and with each crime comes an escalation, a brazenness, and uh, they get more and more brave, we'll say, as they go through the book. And that's pretty much the gist of it. Huh. Interesting. Um, would you describe the style as thriller or noir or somewhere yeah, in between? Yeah, I mean, some people have said it's really more of a thriller. I Personally, I think it's I've, I've referred to it as a neo-noir. Um, it is uh, sort of the anti-hero that's become very popular in the last few years. So 
Uh, for anyone who watches TV, you know, we have uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad, the anti-hero, uh, Vic Mackey from The Shield, uh, which is a great television show in the, the mid 2000s. Uh, so the anti-heroes kind of become the thing. And that's that's sort of what I was going for with the, the four main characters and second story work. So, yeah, I would definitely put it in the neo-noir category if I had to pick. That's a good category. I like that. Um, it's good in movies as well as books. Um, Absolutely. And there, it's an ensemble piece, kind of, of four characters. But is there a main character for you in, in these four? Yeah, definitely. The, the main character's name is Derek Searsant. Uh, he's the um, son of Polish immigrants. Uh, so people who moved from Poland into the Ottawa Valley, which is kind of central in Canada. Um, so yeah, he would be the main character. Uh, and then he's got three friends that he lives with um, who basically go by nickname. So there's Messi, who's also uh, from the Ottawa Valley. And then Hecky, who is kind of from Northern Ontario, which is a really secluded area of Canada. Um, and then lastly, there is Arlove, who's from Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is kind of a secluded city right in the middle of Canada. Um, mm. So those are your four main characters. And then there's tons of other characters that are, that are more bit pieces, but those are your core four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, he was raised the main character in a Polish community. Uh, does that community in it kind of informed the book to any extent? Yeah, actually. Um, so I was I grew up in a, a Polish community myself uh, in the Ottawa Valley. Um, outside of my hometown, you go and there's a, a rather large Polish settlement. So that was always part of my culture growing up. I spent a lot of time going to little towns like that, that would have, you know, Polish pubs, and they would serve uh, Polish meals and stuff like that. So that was definitely something I wanted to bring from my heritage into the book. It's funny, I spent a lot of time in those places and then realized like two years ago that I was actually Kashubian, which <laughs> so it was kind of like my whole ancestry was a bit of a lie when my brother and I actually started to look at it. Not a lie, but um, it was a little bit different than what we thought. But yeah, there's a big Polish element that kind of infiltrates the book. So the main character, Derek, anytime he goes out to a bar or a pub, he always orders uh, you know, a Polish beer or a Polish vodka or something like that. And whenever he's cooking, he tends to cook Polish food. So um, it was one of those subtle things that I that I put in the book, but it was sort of a, I guess, a tribute to my heritage. That's really cool. Um, I'm actually in a writer's group with somebody who has Polish ancestry. So it, it's fascinating to, to hear this. Um, let's see. Um, what inspired you to write this book in particular? Uh, so there's a number of things I really so my background is actually was originally in journalism and then I ended up going to film school and I myself tried to break into the film industry. Um, it was really I didn't really have much luck, which was sort of what inspired me to write the book. I wanted to write a story about my struggle. And as I started to research more and more for the book, uh, it became less of sort of uh, uh, came, became less about my struggle and just more about uh, fictional characters in a, you know, a fictional world of Vancouver. So um, also living in Vancouver, kind of seeing the crime that was out there and the the drug war that was going on during the time I lived there, that really, uh, I don't know why, but it spoke to me. I found it very interesting to see a lot of people my age fall into that world. And I actually had my roommate become um he basically joined a gang and um he was out of work he needed money he joined a gang and became a drug dealer 
And uh, it was, I could not fathom being that desperate for money that I would, you know, join a life like that. Uh, but he did. And that was kind of what inspired my journey to write this book. Mm, that's really, uh, that's really something. I mean, when you see that happen to somebody, you know, <clears throat> is there, do you have any plans to write a sequel or is this a standalone? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I've had so many people ask me to write a sequel. Um, which I, I never imagined when I wrote the original book, because I, I thought I'd be lucky to sell 100 copies of it. So I never expected one person to be like, oh, you should write a sequel. Uh, so that really shocks me that people want that. I don't have any plans to write one. Uh, I have thought about actually writing a prequel um, without giving too much away about second story work itself. There is sort of a, uh, a story that gets talked about a lot in the book. Um, that uh, I've thought about actually writing sort of the origin story for. I don't know if I could, uh, because a lot of it would take place in Poland, and I don't actually speak Polish. But that is something I've I've kind of milled about um, and thought maybe one day I'll do that. But I think I need to write some other books first and uh, sort of develop my skills a little bit more before I try to tackle something like that. That's cool. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are you working on now? Uh, so I actually just finished uh, a manuscript that um, I've been shopping around. I'm trying to get an agent. Uh, so I did my first book, self-published. Uh, I enjoyed the process, but I made a lot of mistakes throughout, uh, as any you know new author is going to do. Um, and uh, one of the things I didn't do, I never tried to get an agent um, or a publisher or anything like that. So I kind of felt for this one, I, I owe it to myself to at least try. I mean, I don't, it, it's almost impossible to get one, but I, I told myself once I finished this, I would give myself a year to see if I can get anywhere. Uh, and from there, if it doesn't work out, I'll just self-publish again. But I do have a second manuscript completed. Uh, it's called clean comma Juxon. Um, so basically clean and then the comma Juxon. And basically it's about uh, six friends who are all police officers in Pittsburgh And they, every year they go on an annual camping trip. And while they're on their camping trip, they rob one bank together. So that's the clean part is them being officers. The juxtaposition part is them going on a a 24 hour crime spree every year. So that's, that's sort of the basis for the, for the second manuscript that I've written. You seemed like ensemble uh, type casts in your book, books. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this one's even more so. This one really doesn't have a central character. Uh, everybody's kind of a, a bit part of it. Um, that, I think I write that because that's what I enjoy to watch or enjoy reading. Um, so even some of my favorite books, like one of my favorite books growing up was a book called Less Than Zero uh, by Brett Easton Ellis. And that's an ensemble. It's three friends. Um, as I got more into TV and movies, I just really like the idea of different characters. That's sort of how real life is, right? Uh, a lot of people, you know, we, we kind of think the world revolves around us, but there's always people sort of coming in and out of our lives. So it, I feel like an ensemble piece is really more true to real life. So that's why I, that's why I enjoy them. And in my opinion, it's also very uh, good for something like television or movies. Extremely good. Yeah, it, I, I find it actually makes it easier to write because you can have all these intersecting stories and you're not sort of constantly having to introduce characters for your main character to interact with. 
And you can also create a lot of really interesting drama. Or if you're writing comedy, you can create a lot of interesting comedy just by having those interactions and the fact that the characters know how to push each other's buttons or if they're friends, you know, they know how to sort of have emotional conversations and those types of things. So it does make for interesting reading or watching whatever you happen to be doing. Yes, definitely. Um, let's see. What is your writing schedule like? Um, well, I, I have some young children, so it's not, not as much, uh, writing as it used to be, but generally, um, I tend to write in the evenings, sort of uh, after everybody's fallen asleep. I like to write late at night. Um, so usually by 10 o'clock at night, my wife and my kids are asleep. That's usually the time where I'll sit down between 10 p.m. and midnight um, and try to bang some stuff out in that period of time. Uh, I used to like to write. I wrote most of the second story work between probably 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. So a lot of it was written through the night, but um now with uh, kids who like to get up at six in the morning, uh, I'm not going to stay up till four writing. So I've had to adapt a little bit, but yeah, late night writing sessions are definitely uh, what I try to do. And I try to write daily. Uh, I know a, a lot of people, um, you know, I've read, I've read a lot of writers who say you, they don't find it effective to write daily because they find they're kind of grinding it out. Uh, for me, I try to write at least two things at a time so that if I if I'm not feeling one on one particular night, then I can kind of turn to the other and work on that uh, so that it doesn't doesn't feel like so much of a grind. But yeah, I try to write every day for at least two hours if possible. And uh, a, lot, a great deal of switching back and forth. It's a good plan. I mean, just have a time that you always do it and just keep doing it. Um, let's see. What books do you like to read for pleasure? Um. I read, a, it's funny, I was talking to some people this morning about this. I read, I read a pretty wide variety of books. I like, um, I like a lot of uh, sports autobiographies. Um, so that tends to be uh, my nonfiction. I also, I do like, uh, like I have Dave Grohl's The Storyteller right now. So a lot of uh, musical nonfiction as well, auto, autobiographies, things like that. In terms of fiction, um, definitely crime. Uh, I read a lot of, of crime dramas. I like, uh, I mentioned like less than zero. Um, I, I really enjoyed a lot of novels that came from the 80s. So one of my favorite novels was uh, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Um, so in that sort of vein, um, I've always enjoyed, you know, those types. But yeah, mostly, you know, autobiographies and, uh, and crime drama, crime thriller, that kind of thing. If your book were adapted for the screen, who would you imagine playing the main characters? Well, it's funny you ask. We are, so I have a writing partner and we're, we're trying to get second story work made into a Canadian TV show. So I actually just finished my treatment on Tuesday of this week. So a couple of days ago. Um, so we Those have given fun, it some, huh? uh, <laughs> It, it took I, I basically spent the last two months writing this thing. It's it's a real grind. It is a real grind. I'm not uh, I definitely would much rather just write a book or a screenplay or something like that. But um, yeah, so I've I've thought a lot about this in terms of who I would want to play the main character. Um, if it got made into a Canadian show, I don't know, because we would not have the budget to to make it happen. Um, there are some I would want if it was a Canadian show I would want Billy Campbell to play the main character's father 
Billy Campbell was in the the Killing, and he made a great Canadian show called Cardinal. Um, so he's a he's a really fine actor who I would want to play the main character's dad. But I don't know who would actually play the main character if it was Canadian. Uh, if it was American, and you had sort of uh, you know the bigger budget and money being no object. Oh boy, I I always wrote this envisioning. You know, I, it took me so long to write it. I always wrote it envisioning Ryan Gosling in the main role, but now he's too old to actually do that. Um, so there is, uh, what's the kid's name? I can't remember the actor's name. He was in uh, Place Beyond the Pines, but he's a younger guy. I'll have to actually look up his name, but he's kind of who I saw. He has sort of that James Dean kind of vibe to him. Um, so he, I, I guess he would fit, but I don't actually know who would play the main character. That'd be a tough one. If I, have, if I could do it in the States, I would have probably Walton Goggins play the father, the main character's father, if, if I had my druthers. Nice choice. He's a good yeah. actor. I like him a lot. Oh, he's phenomenal. He made a movie here right before COVID hit. So two years ago, he made uh, with Mel Gibson. He sh- they shot it like down the street from my house up here. Uh, Fat Man, him and Mel Gibson. He played, it was uh, like a R-rated Santa Claus type movie, but. Yeah, he's fun. he's phenomenal. Yeah, I've loved him in everything I've seen him in. The Shield, uh, the other thing he was in, uh, the Elmore Justified. Leonard. Justified, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a phenomenal show. He's Boyd Crowder. He's fantastic at that. I got to look yeah. up this actor's name. <laughs> uh, let's see. I was going to ask you about research. What sort of research do you do? And do you do a lot of research before you write? Yeah, so for this particular, uh, for second story work, I don't, I must have done hundreds of hours of research. So um, I mentioned that it kind of started off as being about my journey in the film industry. And it it sort of delved into something else Um, that just came from falling into a rabbit hole of the Vancouver drug war and sort of learning about, you know, who the cast of characters was how the different gangs kind of interacted, you know, who got involved with the police. Um, and then it, from there, it just spiraled into learning about just the, 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 mur- the sheer amount of chaos that they caused the murders, the robberies, like all these things. So I spent tons of hours just getting into that whole world um, for second story work. So that was the Vancouver, you know, drug world, I suppose. Uh, for my second manuscript, I, I researched a lot about police, uh, obviously writing a story about corrupt police. Uh, I researched a lot of about how, you know, police detectives actually go about their work, how, you know, a beat cop in a different, you know, in different cities may function. So the city of Pittsburgh is where this novel is based. Um, so just how a beat cop in Pittsburgh would operate versus one in, say, New York City or Boston or something like that. Um, so that, those are the types of things I tend to research, uh, having not been involved much in the world of crime, I don't know a whole lot about it. So I find that, you know, if I'm going to get into characters, I really need to dig into their background. I also, I like to sort of have a character fleshed out before I actually start writing, you know, my, my full story. Um, I don't really like branch out where the story is going to go, but I like to know who the character is before I start so that. Uh, when I start to write the story and I get into various scenes, I can sort of go back to my my document and be like, okay, well, this is how this character would act in an authentic way for for that particular character, and I can sort of flush it out on you know on the page or whatever it happens to be. 
Um, so that's, that's sort of what my research background would be. Um, what advice would you give to someone who would like to write for a living? Well, uh, I'd love them to give me that advice of myself. <laughs> that's always been my dream to write full time. It's, I haven't realized it yet, but I, I do think I will realize it eventually. Um, my whole thing has always been just write, whether it's going to be good or whether it's going to be bad. If you write things that are bad for long enough, eventually you're going to figure out how to write stuff that's good. And I think that's really what happened to me. I look back on some of the stuff I wrote 10, 15 years ago. And it was so bad. I just look, I'm like, thank goodness. None of this ever was a hit or made me into a success. Cause I'd be embarrassed looking back on it and uh, knowing that the world saw it. But I think the thing is just right, grind it out until you figure it out um, and make your mistakes when people aren't watching you so that, you know, later on, if you do find something that sticks, you've got a good idea of how to write the next thing and the next thing and, and have it actually be successful. I think I, I, uh, I've been asked this before, but I kind of relate it to music a little bit. So there would be a lot of bands that would come along in, you know, the late nineties that, um, you know, they had written one hit song, and that was kind of it. They didn't really know the craft of songwriting or the craft of performing and things like that. So their song would hit. That would be it. They didn't know how to write the next song. Uh, and that would be kind of the end of their career. And I, I never wanted that to be my career writing. I wanted to be able to write. And if it hit, I wanted to be able to write the next one and the next one and have them actually be successful. Um, so I think that's why if you grind it out at first and just learn the craft of writing, it'll be helpful if you ever do hit then you can, you'll be able to write that next thing successfully as well. Found advice, really. Um, I have to ask, why did you choose Pittsburgh as the location for this book you were talking about? Because <laughs> I uh, lived near Pittsburgh for a while. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Monroeville, um, yeah. Oh, I've got some friends in Monroeville. Ooh. Very cool, yeah. Um, I, I just, I grew up a Pittsburgh Penguins fan since I was three years old. Um, so I've always been kind of enamored with the city and, uh, the fact that it was, you know, I came from a very blue collar place. Pittsburgh was always the blue collar city of the States, uh, you know, the steel city, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, uh, for my bachelor party, uh, before I got married, my friends actually took me to Pittsburgh and I'd never been at that point in time. And when I was there, I just fell in love with the city. Um, you know, I, it just, I don't know. I always had a connection with it. And while I was there, I, I had not written anything into my book yet about, you know, Pittsburgh or anything like that. And when I got there, I just started writing down a lot of notes about what I saw, what I liked about the city. Um, and I actually included quite a bit of that in second story work. So there are some scenes in Pittsburgh in that book. And then really, I, I, I went back a year later, uh, saw the city again, you know, couple of years before COVID hit. And then I started to meet a lot of friends and I started to get a pretty good idea of what Pittsburgh was like. Um, so, and I just, I fell in love with the city. I just, I like so much about it. I think it's a beautiful place. Um, I think it's a very underappreciated city in the United States. Most people, when they talk about the, you know, their favorite cities in the States, it's never Pittsburgh. So that was always a big part of it for me. And then of course, having friends there and stuff, I can always if I'm trying to figure out like a location, I can be like, Hey, do you mind going running down and just seeing what, you know, writing a little bit about this place is a good place for me to, you know, put this scene in the book there, that kind of thing. It makes it easier for research. Um, I didn't really want to do another book in Canada just because it, 
I don't know, it kind of broadens your audience. If you go outside of Canada, everybody wants to read about the United States. So I was like, okay, this, this makes sense for me. I find that amusing somehow. I mean, it's just that I love Pittsburgh. I think it is a really cool city. Um, so, uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell us before we finish up? Um, you know, it's funny going back to the Pittsburgh thing. My dad actually worked in Johnstown years ago. Um, so in the kind of the mid two thousands, and that was another thing that kind of brought me a connection with Pittsburgh was that my, my father was down there all the time for work. Um, he passed away in 2011 when I kind of just started to write my book. Um, so I started writing this book in 2009. I completed it in 2020. So it took me almost 12 years to write it, but um, he loved Pittsburgh too. Anytime he would go there, he'd always be pretty excited about, you know, try, trying the food and seeing different sites and stuff like that. He loved it. Um, so it was kind of a, a little bit of a nod to him as well. The fact that he liked it so much. And then I went there and I of course loved it. Uh, so I kind of wanted to include that. There's actually a lot of little bits in the book that are kind of uh, a tribute to my dad. So that was, uh, that was kind of part of the Pittsburgh thing too. That's really nice. That's lovely. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing this with us today, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate you having me. And if people want to follow me, they can follow me on Instagram at author Josh Sobalski. And I'm also on Facebook as well. I have a Facebook group, author Josh Sobalski as well. Thanks Very again. Cool. I... Now, are you going to build a website at some point or have someone build a website? <laughs> <laughs> she asked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that we uh, when I put the first book out, one of my friends was like, are you going to build a website? I'm like, oh, I really feel like I should have two books before I do that. And I'm like, Cause what, after I do the book, what am I going to put on it? And he's like, well, there's lots of things you could do. So think about it. So I have thought about it for a while. I am going to do one pretty soon because I'm I'm also doing a podcast with a friend that is probably going to start in April, I would say. Uh, it'll also be called it'll be called Second Story. Um no work, but yeah, we're going to probably do a website when we put that guy out. So it should be in a month or two, we should have that up and ready to go. Very good. Very cool. Well, again, thank you so much. And uh, I will just say then, uh, thank you to all of you listeners who are listening right now <clears throat> for making this part of your day. We really appreciate it. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you uh, listen to podcasts and check out our Patreon page. With that, I'll just say our next guest will be Ben Westerham, and he'll be coming to us from yet another country, the UK. Uh, perhaps I'll wear a Doctor Who t-shirt that day. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> in any case, take care and happy reading.